Every day I'm hustling, 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 hustling. Every day I'm hustling, 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 every day I'm Welcome to a Cigar Hustlers Podcast, where we take a closer look at the people of the cigar industry with your host, Mike and Mike. Do you want to talk about your uh, your little weekend first? I don't want to ruin too much of it. I think that we can go into that. Oh, save that for bit. a whole other episode. Ooh, yeah, we could do that too. Do a double. A double double. Uh, well, then we should get started. Then. Super super aggressive producer. Super aggressive. It's a lot going on. Yeah. Ready. Ready. One, two, three, go. Hi, I'm Mike. And I'm Mike too. And this is the a Cigar, Cigar Hustlers, Hustlers Podcast. Podcast Special Edition. Ooh, a special, special edition. Special edition, everyone. Um, I'm going to interview a Michael this week for the show, mainly because we didn't have a guest lined up and we need a show for tomorrow, and I think people would be interested in uh, hearing a little something about you. I feel like you set this up. Like, we didn't have anybody intentionally. Like, there were people the, that came the, in that we could have interviewed. Yeah, like, yeah, but it, was, it wasn't a good day or it wasn't a good time. I do have yeah. some waiting to come in. There's See, a couple yeah, exactly, uh, lined up. Exactly. But, yeah, but I, I did, I held off. And you're looking to break the hustler. Break the hustler. Uh, first thing we have to do is choose a winner for the La Polina contest from last week. Ooh. Yes. It's not hard to choose. We only had one entry. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, so Mr. Uh, Adam, Adam Acre. It's Acre. Acre. Sorry, sir. Uh, our most devoted fan, because he's the only one entered the show. He I thinks, like Adam. I do, too. He's, he's a, a good nice egg. Uh, so we will be sending you some type of uh, La Polina uh, swag cigar combo thing of some sort. Excellent. Yes. Yeah, I'm sure you have his we'll address. Make it, of course I do. Okay. He's a good dude. He is. He's a good guy. So, again, congratulations, Mr. Adam Acree. Congratulations. There we go. Okay. So are we going to do another giveaway on this one? That's entirely up to you, because you would be the guest. We should totally do a giveaway. Oh, okay. We'll, we'll do like at a, the we'll, do like a we'll do like a the, gift uh, certificate onto Cigar Hustler. Oh. Yeah. Can I buy something for a penny? No. no. Two cents. Oh. Oh, double. Doubled it up. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So wait. So before you get started, I just yes. want I, I want to perfect flat out say that I have no fucking idea what you're going to say to me. No, no. We're I don't. Not over I don't this. know this about your reversed. questions. There's no. Uh, been no. Uh, Oh, I didn't know my cigar. Now it's getting all crinkly. Like there's, I have le- legitimately no idea. <clears throat> Your questions that you've written down. I see you got a nice notebook over there that's out of my sight, at least as far as me reading. But I can see that there are letters, and it's, are, it looks like it's it looks like it's a page, a half, yeah, over a page and a long. Because so. I broke them down into different categories. Oh, which is exciting. Uh, okay. All right. Uh, so go, so go ahead. Go ahead. Damn! Don't rush me. So and I'm also I'm also across from you now. I'm staring right into yes, your beautiful right eyes. Into my, right instead into my of us eyes. instead so of us interrogating somebody, you're interrogating me. Sorry. Um, yes. Uh, you nervous? This way I don't have to turn sideways because then I, otherwise I'd be sitting. Nobody yeah, can yeah. see me, but I'd be. You nervous? Right I feel like you're nervous. No. Uh, you're well, I don't okay? normally have to carry the show and do all the questions. I like this. So yeah, I'm sure you're this enjoying, is fucking it. You're fantastic. enjoying it very much. Okay, first question. Uh-huh. Uh huh. How did you get into the cigar business? That's a great question, Michael. Well, thank you very much. I thought it'd be a good place to start. <sighs> so, <clears throat> I guess it all started. Um, the cigar industry wasn't something that I was looking to get into, and uh, 
my brother and I like to say that we didn't choose the cigar industry. The cigar industry kind of chose us. My brother and myself and another partner owned a gas station that wasn't too far from this current location. And we almost basically across the street. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And um, we had sold that business, and we didn't know what the hell we were going to get into. So we saw that there was a vacant building across the street. When so you were you had already gotten rid of the gas station. Yeah, we sold uh, okay. it. Okay, originally I thought you were in the process of getting rid of that, and you saw the location across the street that was in. No, maybe I don't know, no. but I think it's like it was going to be. It was about to be sold, or it was just sold. And then snapping her finger trying to get her attention, but it was the lighter. Yeah. <laughs> it was about to be sold or it was sold, and we needed another opportunity to build another business. So we saw that this place was vacant. We uh, spoke to the landlord and uh, got a decent rent kind of to kind of get going. And when we opened up this place, we had no idea that we were going to do cigars. It was going to be a tattoo parlor. Oh, and a different uh, life you would have if you were covered I'd, in tattoos. I would look totally different. Tattoos everywhere. And you Greg going to be the tattoo artist? Uh, no. Tattoo people? No, we were just going to hire people. Have you seen Greg's handwriting? I'd love to see tattoos he put on people. I could draw a mean stick person. <laughs> like, I'd like it, um, in circles? I would like and an stick people. I'd like an in depth American flag on my shoulder. Like, how about a stick person? <laughs> so uh, we were going to do that, and we were going to make it a tattoo parlor and a head shop all kind of in one because we felt that those would be good margins for a business so uh make a long story short the city no, please draw it out we have a whole hour to fill here don't you worry i can draw this motherfucker out we, this is gonna be two parts oh. to make a long story short um, uh, not to interrupt, but speaking of two parts, I don't Dennis, know. You've interrupted me every I fucking time at Dennis this point. Dennis Skilly's like, uh, show is number one in the last three months. Oh, we usually do the updates at the end. I just do that. I just read that a minute ago. I'm sorry, but you were. Uh, can I finish I, now? Yes. Can I finish? Sorry, you can finish. Okay. So, anyways, <laughs> so Dennis, Dennis was the best. Okay. Um, unbeknownst to us, the the vacant building was actually a cigar store prior to. So people came in asking for cigars. In the meantime, the city of Deltona, in their infinite wisdom, would not permit us to be a tattoo parlor. The building was not zoned properly for tattoos, which had to be, which was at that point was classified as in the same section of adult entertainment. So. So then the strip club idea wouldn't have worked either. No, that was definitely out. It wasn't even close. Um, so much fun hanging out here every day. Yeah. Right. So. Interviews. Sorry. So I'm just gonna shut down. <laughs> you wanna go? Why don't you tell the fucking interview? Go ahead, tell oh, tell the story. Another island gym episode. So I'm gonna start nodding and fucking <laughs> this, this shit'll be 15 minutes, and I will just mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, yeah. sorry, sorry. City of Deltona did not let you have it. I feel like you need to like maybe smoke some weed or something before you do the show, or take no, a downer or something. Just, maybe just maybe some Benadryl or I something. I think I'm immune because we've tried a couple of things <laughs> and nothing works. No, nothing is take. Nothing is take but headaches. So. Um, now, what the fuck was your question? How did you get into the cigar business? Yeah, so so people started coming in asking for cigars. So we started off with a really small box like that we put on the counter. And we started with, like, I think Casa Magnas and some other shit. We had no idea what we were doing. And that's just kind of parlayed. So the first few years of us being open, nobody took a paycheck. And every dime went into building the brands and, and expanding in our product line in the store 
eventually we got to a point where cigars were the means of this business and we decided to rebuild a humidor that used to exist in the store built that up and uh, it started with like three shelves on each side it looked really barren but we just kept going and going and going and now we have a humidor where you can't put another box of cigars in there without eliminating something right there's no room left which is kind of your given average quasi successful retailer right they have no space what was going to be the original name for the business seeing it was going to be a head shop and a tattoo parlor tnt tobacco which is kind of a like a double thing but it was tobacco and tattoo Oh, TNT. Uh-huh. TNT. Tobacco and tattoo. And what's really funny is some of the uh, the wholesalers that we've done business with this whole time still have us under TNT. Yeah, I know you still get mail every once in a while from mm-hmm. TNT Tobacco. But apparently this place was called Tobacco Trader, <clears throat> but it was vacant for, I don't know, four or five years before we came in, and still people walked in looking for cigars. After four years. Wow. And now you've been here, what, almost seven? Uh, this is our eighth year. Eighth year? No parole. Wow, congratulations. Thank you. And then when did uh, when did the Cigar Hustler name get born? I like the fact that you're nervous. I feel like you're I'm nervous. I'm nervous. I'm digging this right now. No, I'm this not is, nervous. Yeah, is, you do like when I feel awkward and nervous. This so is fantastic. Um, so within the first year of creating it, I decided to build a website. My brother told me that I was out of my mind, that it wouldn't be successful, and yet I was still adamant about creating it. And I looked up the domain Cigar Hustler and it was available. So I put the domain up, started putting up products and and building the site and eventually uh, it's kind of formed its own being. Like it's just kind of developed. So at that point it made sense to rename the store Cigar Hustler because... To go with the website. That makes perfectly good sense. Yeah, that's what we were known for. And now you are known as the cigar. The, I'm the cigar hustler. You're the cigar hustler. Yeah. And your brother's the cigar hustlers. He's plural. Plural. But we keep him locked up. <laughs> he's not allowed to go out. Yes. Public. He's more of a. Uh, he's the the numbers systematic individual, and he um, his personality is you really either love him or you hate him, right? So we don't let him out too much, but when we do let him out. You either love him or fucking hate him. Either way, it kind of works. Yeah. Because you remember both people that you uh, love and that you hate. But if you hate the guy, you probably don't want to do business with him. That is true. Yeah. Unless he's got something you have to have. Yeah, that's true. All right. Uh, what was your biggest hurdle uh, getting into the cigar business? The biggest hurdle was probably... Well, you kind of fell into it. Yeah, I mean, it so wasn't... You're not like the average cigar so... store guy that started a shop planning it to be a cigar shop. So one thing that I've seen in my travels is that retailers vary, and, and the majority of them uh, suck, to be honest. Yeah. They're, um, and, which is fine. That's what they choose. It's their business model. It's all good, you know. It's your normal retired guy that doesn't really aspire to create or build or, or, or uh, develop a business. They just want to make enough where they get to take home a decent paycheck and... Uh, pay their bills, right? That definitely wasn't us. That wasn't what we intended to be. We were doing this to develop and create and make money, right? Well, you guys are are obviously younger than your average shop owner or guy that starts a shop. Yeah, maybe, but I've seen some young guys in the industry too. I would tell you that our biggest hurdle 
was taking our paycheck, was taking our first paycheck. Because in any small business, your cash flow is the most important thing to have, right? Right. The ability to purchase product is by far the most directive thing that you can do for your store. So if you're not, if you're not taking care of that, if you don't have a if you don't have the ability to order boxes of cigars and pay for them, uh, you're kind of fucked. So, you know, it's it's well, yeah, you can't sell what you don't have. Yeah, the intriguing part to me is the guys that the retailers that are kind of getting started or slightly established and they look for a thing called terms like net 30. So they look to pay out their cigars, their debt in a month, which is fine. You can do those things, those sort of things, if you have a pulse on your cash flow. Unfortunately, the majority of retailers don't. They don't. Right. They just buy, and now because they wanted to get a fucking Gurkha deal or some bullshit, and now they're sitting on boxes of cigars because they don't have the flow of that consumer to sell that many products. So I think our our biggest hurdle was finally taking a paycheck. Oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Out of everything that could be, the biggest problem for you guys was taking money. Oh yeah, man. I mean, the first yeah. I would tell you the first two years of us being here. I mean, I put everything on my credit card. I'm talking about electric bills, my cell phone bills, fucking everything, and just let them go up until they defaulted, and then I finally straightened them out when I could afford it. But you know. That's kind of the sacrifice that it took when you're not financially backed by anybody and you only have X amount of money to to make things work. You you, you do what you can to, to survive, right? Right. That's that's well that's where you guys have gotten where you're at. Yeah. So I think but to this day, well Fargo this day, hates you guys don't take terms from anybody. No. No, we do not. Um there might be one or two accounts, but in general, we try not to. We like to try and own the product that we have. It kind of, it, the importance is to always have that level of of urgency to create and sell. Right. I think a lot of a lot of retailers don't have that urgency. They feel like, oh, cool, here's the product. All right, and people come in. You know, maybe once in a while they'll send out an email. Maybe once in a while they'll tell you about an event that they may or may not do. Like, there's no consistency, and I think the reason why that is because of the fact that there's no urgency. So, it's important as a retailer to create like almost a, a synthetic urgency and address things that are important but not urgent. Right. Right before they become urgent and you're going fucking oh, you belly wanna up. Move, you want to move stuff before you have to move it. Mm-hmm. So your email blast and all those things that you do. Yeah, the action... The buzz, let's say. Well, the action is, is simple. Well, the action is consistency, right? I got one. I, and it's quiet. The action is consistency. You have to consistently engage your customers. Consistently give a shit about them and always pre- present to them product that's going on, Right. How that's is that? That's not quiet. That's not quiet? That's all right. It's a cigar. Thing. How's it now? Oh, that, now it sounds like a rush of air. Now you can tell <laughs> the air conditioner's broken again. So, yeah. Uh, all right. What was your biggest joy in starting the business? Yeah. It might be the same answer. So, I don't know. When I was young, when I was younger. Because you guys have done a lot of different businesses. Yeah. Um, in, in, I mean, your, I, in your short, young life. And this one seems to have uh, lasted the longest. I guess, yeah. Well, yeah. you know, I mean, what's fifth times a charm, I guess. Uh, 
my greatest joy. So I would say that I love to create and engage customers and listen to people. So for me, that was always that the cigar industry has really opened up that opportunity for me to meet people on a vast level from all walks of life and you get different experiences from all of them and uh for me that's the most fascinating thing like i mean take you for example right we met you and uh you know now you have a key and your own alarm code the whole shebang but you do something that not a lot of people do right as far as your line of business and you know we got you got attorneys hanging out here you got doctors but you also have you know garbage truck drivers you got handymen you know uh you got electricians i mean like and they all walks of life and that to me is the most fascinating thing and that's probably what makes me the happiest in this industry is the opportunities to meet so many different people was that your question not directly, no. But that that would be what oh, that question was actually going to come later. So go ahead and revert back. What was the question again? Uh, in starting the business, what was your the, the the one moment where you thought, okay, this is it. I've I've made it. I'm happy. This is something I want to do. Um, well, you know, I, I don't just want to turn and burn and, and move into something else. Or well, I mean, I got to be honest. I'm not happy. I don't think that you know, you're not happy with your business. I, no, I mean, I I'm not. No, not at all. It's not. It's not big enough. It's not. Well, it's never big it's enough. It's not. But still, I, I mean, you, um, I guess satisfied wouldn't be a good word either. Then. No, because you know, I think that the minute that you're well, content, it, you you you're you're dead. You stop kind of growing, right? So. So you haven't uh, had that moment yet. No, I love this industry, and I and I definitely love what the brand and the and the the shop has become. But uh, I wouldn't say that I am satisfied or happy with what it is because I want it to always be better. Very nice. Mm -hmm. Very nice. All right, next question. Uh, What is a common myth about the cigar industry? Holy fuck, dude. I mean... Just pick one. I know there's several, but pick the biggest one. Biggest one to you. Uh, Other than the one that everybody thinks we're just sitting around smoking cigars all day, you know, shaking hands and saying hi as people walk in. So, you know... I'm going to do my best to minimize this because I really feel like this is going to, we're going to kind of develop our a different podcast that we were discussing, yes. you know, advice from the hustler. And I really don't want to, I mean, we could talk about this for fucking days. Well, we could skip it, but as, as, this question came up before we had that conversation. As far, yeah. As yeah, f- I made these that's like what you were ago. saying. Yeah. yeah. As, so, huh. I think that the, the common, the most common misconception is how to smoke a cigar, right? And I'm just going to keep this as vague as possible because I don't want it to go out into the, the next level of a podcast. Right. But uh, my my good friend, one of my best friends in the industry, Jeff Mute of Riverside Cigars, I mean, he said it fucking cut and dry, very simply. He goes, there are two requirements for you to do as a cigar smoker, number one, cut the top, right? And number two, light the cigar. So when you hear all these other bullshit stories about this is how you light it and all this yada, 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 like that is the biggest misconception, I think. And um, nobody's really Cuban anymore with the exception of Z. 
Well, you remember that guy at the, uh, came up to me at the IPCPR the year I went and mm-hmm. uh, taught me how to taste a cigar, and he would. Oh yeah. Oh. It's just ins- that that in itself is is kind of insanity to me, and um, it's kind of unfortunate, it, you know, that like FDA is looking to regulate the cigar consumers as a whole and and protect everybody. I don't really think there's a need to worry because new consumers have no fucking idea how to smoke a cigar, and uh, it shows. It definitely shows, and you know, your uncle Bill doesn't know how to smoke a cigar either, so. Right, you know, but as long as you enjoy doing it, I mean, it, it, yes, that is very true. You know, if you like <sighs> to just power puff your way through, or if you like to slow burn it, and there's so much to say regarding yes. this topic. Okay, so we'll it. it's we'll like it. we'll move on. But um, I, I mean, all I can say is it is your cigar, and you smoke it how you want to smoke it. Right. There is no right or wrong way. The fact of the matter is, there's two simple requirements: cut the top and light it. Right. Right. That's it. That's all there is to it. Mm-hmm. Other than that, oh, microphone just fell. Okay. Uh, if there was one place in the world you could smoke a cigar, where would that be? If there was one place. One place. Ooh. I mean, I think I get to do that every day, to be honest. And that's just at my house. Sitting on my patio. So there's no uh, no dream location on top of the Eiffel Tower or the. Uh, no, uh, you know, on like the Great Wall of China or. All that's just kind of materialistic a, to me. Sitting on a yacht. Well, they're, they're like, different locations. Yeah, I mean those locations are cool, but it's not. I don't know. I mean, I would love to see some of those things in the world, but I don't really. I'm not really concerned about smoking a cigar in those spots. Um, I would one day really look forward to owning a house on a lake and, and having the ability to smoke my cigar there every evening. Well, there you go, then. So, I mean, that would probably be... But, you know, I already kind of live a part of that by hanging out on my house at my house and, and smoking the cigar there. As boring as that may sound, uh, you know, I don't need to smoke a cigar in a fucking spaceship or anything. You know what I mean? I'm a simple man. I'm a simple man. Okay. Um, what is your biggest success in the industry so far? Oh, biggest success? Um, I would. It has to be our brand, the Postania lines, the the Broadleaf and the Habano, for sure. And how many locations are you in? How many um, I think that we're in about 150 locations. It's been out how many years? Now? Uh, I think a little over two. That's not bad. Yeah, uh, I think that it has ability to be more, but you know, you're kind of selective on who you work with, and it's very important for me to cultivate the relationship with the retailer and have them believe in the product. So, uh, if if I'm not doing that, and it it doesn't make sense for me to open up a product to a consumer or a retailer that's just going to take one order and put it on the shelf, right? Because at the end of the day, our quantities are so small and so limited that that would just be a waste of time and it would actually hurt another retailer who believes in our product and who may need it and is now on back order because it's sitting on some slapdick shelf, right? Right, right. So uh, that's definitely something that I've learned from my mentors, Skip and Michael, over at Romacraft Tobacco. So... 
you know, be choosy about who you open, and it's important to cultivate and establish those relationships. Skip just made, I mean, who knows, well, I guess this will play tomorrow, but Skip just made a big post. Uh, they're cutting back a little bit on uh, places. I think that you're, you're always, it's, it's a constant battle, and, uh, you know, it, he may be announcing that, but that's something that's always existed right. to some degree. Uh, the fact of the matter is that, you know, if you just sell Neanderthals, what good are you to the brand? You know, if you just sell chromag craniums, I agree with that. That doesn't fucking help you. You right. know, um, if you're not edu, especially when it comes to Romacraft's products, because they have such a, a wide variety of cigars, they really do cover almost all the bases for a cigar consumer, your premium cigar consumer. Right. So if you're not educating your consumer on the intemperance. ECs, the Ecuadorian Connecticut's, you know, your your intro level or something or a guy that likes to smoke something lighter and you're only focusing on the chromat craniums, the chromat cranium is going to sell itself. The Neanderthal is going to sell itself, you know. Um, but when you educate your consumers on all the other products that they carry, all of that will sell itself. Right? Right. So that's what's important is to constantly educate your consumers. And if, as a retailer, if you check the fuck out and you only sell what's in demand, then you're a waste of fucking time, right? Exactly. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense as as the the wholesaler, and it definitely doesn't make any sense as the retailer. So, yeah. All right. Uh, okay. What do you think is one cigar that everybody should try? Other than uh, okay, we'll just. Well, it's kind of like is that what's your favorite cigar? No, no, no. We're gonna hit you with the questions later. I couldn't let you off the hook. Everybody wants to hear your answer to the questions. Okay. What, what so I mean. What's the question one more time? What is one cigar you think everybody should try? Maybe not necessarily your favorite, but maybe there's one that is a good um, representation of the industry or... Um well, okay, without it being... I would would love to say it's a post on Habano, but that's definitely not the case. Um, I would say that the one cigar that everybody needs to try would either be the Intemperance EC Brotherly Kindness or the Cro-Mag from Morian, which is the, their Candela wrapper, which is a green wrapper. The reason why I say that is because those products are such high quality and there's such a great flavor profile to them. It's a cigar that you could introduce to anybody, whether they're um, an old school smoker that smokes every day or a person that's looking to smoke a cigar for the first time. Those cigars fit both formats and it's a true testament to the product that Nika Sueño is producing. So those are the two cigars that I'd recommend for anybody to try. Must-haves. Very good. I'm going to wait. I'll elaborate a little more. So what's really cool for me about the Candela wrapper is, you know, um, there are a lot of... You're not a Candela fan, generally speaking. No, I'm not. I don't smoke... The only Candela I smoke is a Fomorian. And the reason why that is is because the filler in the Fomorian is the same as the Cro-Mag and the Aquitaine lines in the EMH. And, you know... A lot of people put some bullshit together and throw a candela wrapper on it, and it tastes like shit. But the Romacraft one is a true testament to the filler and the binder that's inside of that cigar because you do get a lot of uh, an extreme complexity and extreme flavor profile from those cigars. And it'll hold, it'll destroy any candela, other candela in the market. And I challenge anybody to fucking to think otherwise. Okay. Well, there you go. You want an answers, pal? You want a true interview? I'll suck up time without a, without an issue. Oh no, this is going very well. Hey, yo, Dre, I got something to say. Was it NW or some shit like that? Okay, uh, we're gonna get on uh, another topic. Yes. Okay, the the podcast itself. Yes. 
All right. Um, Let's talk why, about why the did, podcast. Why did you want to start the podcast? What was the reason behind? I think you've touched on this lightly at the uh, preview of a couple of our other shows, but yeah. But let's get let's get into it a little bit here. So for me, I feel like there's a lot of um, misinformation in the industry. I feel like there's a lot of people that have stories to tell that don't get the opportunities to tell their stories and how they got in the industry. Not only that, but there are people in this industry that have worked on podcasts, radio shows, YouTube channels, all that bullshit to solely promote themselves. And I don't think that that's what this should be about. So for me, I wanted to create something where everybody kind of had a voice in this industry and you kind of got to know anybody, whether they were a sales rep, a cigar consumer, a brand owner, a manufacturer, um, the whole gamut. And I think it's important to me that they have an avenue where they can convey their thoughts and where where they've been in the industry without getting a oh okay hold on one second we're, we're right now a free shipping on all this but you like we don't right. no, we, we don't, don't do need that shit no um, so. I'm just not a fan of it, and you know it's the biggest turnoff for me when I jump on a podcast whether it's cigar related or not and the first five minutes i'm instantly thrown into a commercial i delete the fucking podcast and i don't care about what they have to say i don't want to hear it really you don't go back to them no nope. oh, wow. i don't because i don't i mean like 80 90 percent of them start out with a commercial i ain't got that kind of time man i don't want to fucking i don't care i don't give a shit about your product it's not important to me and you marketing it to me is Insignificant. I'm never going to buy it from you that way. The only way that I'm going to become a consumer of yours is either through word of mouth or um, me just kind of discovering you on my own, not through a commercial. So I think that it's unfortunate that that's kind of the, the, the way that the podcasts have already moved towards is, you know, act now and we can put in this fucking commercial. But Oh, they 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 hit us up all the time to uh, put them in. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd rather, I'd there prefer. Is, there's even pre-programmed button you just hit and boop. Right. No, we're from our sponsor. Right. Fuck your sponsor. We'll do this just because. Just because. Just to have fun. Uh, what are your future plans for the podcast? Where would you like it to go? What do you want it to end up doing? I mean, other than I guess we're changing the format here around a little bit. Well, it's cool because we, you know, that, that's what I. The couple things that I love about the cigar industry is like we are the creators. We can do whatever we want. Right. I mean, FDA is working on fucking that up as far as creating a cigar, and they're doing a good job of it. But you know, as far as this podcast, we can take it any direction that we want, which I love. Um, so I think moving forward, you know, we're we're about almost exactly six months in now. Yeah, which is cool. Yeah, yeah. and we're still doing it. We're still doing. We're it. still here. Still here. So I think that um, I like that we're kind of ex- we're looking to expand as far as different things, right? So you, the interviews and and the storytelling, I think, is always going to be an integral part of it. Um, I think having other people come back on the show so they can talk about what's going on in their lives or what's going on in the industry um, will, will be another interesting aspect. I'd love to have, you know, for one, I think... I want to put Jack Taranio on blast, so if we could totally get him back here sooner than later, I think that would be fantastic. Uh, kind of see what he's doing, stuff like that. Um, eventually, we'll, you know, maybe one day we'll have Skip come out here and do an interview with him. That'd be cool too. Um, but that in itself could probably could be a fucking eight part interview. Um, I like the advice thing that we're we're working on as far as um, 
giving our opinion on how things should be handled within the cigar industry, whether it be from a retailer level, a manufacturer level, uh, or a wholesaler level, not really manufacturer, but a wholesaler level, um, stuff like that. So I, I, you know, I can see it going in three or four different directions as far as also meeting the retailers. I really dig that when we have good retailers come out and interview with us and you kind of listen to their struggles how they got to where they're at and um, what they're looking to become moving forward so i think we got a lot of cool things in store great you know good uh, okay uh what would be your dream interview if you get anybody it doesn't have to be a cigar person but if you could get anybody in here other than you know one of your sports heroes but it's kind of weird as far as if they're not in the cigar industry well it would be for this particular show but maybe they still like cigars but or smoke cigars and i mean with the uh with the spinoffs that we're doing or the other versions we could really have anybody in here at all. yeah that's true as long um, as it, you know what a sports show because i'm gonna just sit here and push buttons and not talk at all for my dream interview i i honestly don't know because i mean Man, I, I have no okay, fucking idea. How about idea. somebody in the industry? What's what's a person in the industry you would just love to have if we could get them? A person in the industry. It would have to be Skip. Skip? It would have to be Skip. Because, you know... He's kind of our... Uh, um, our unicorn? Well, I was going to... At this the, point? What, what was the white the story with the white whale? Um, oh, our Moby Dick? Our Moby Dick, yeah. He's kind of our Moby Dick because... We have tried to get him several times. Well, you got to get him. Well, you know, but it's all. It's also. It's also to our fault as well as to why well, he because is. of the way we work the interview. Right, yes. we I mean, refuse we could, to do. Yeah, we could phone interview him anytime or Skype, but fuck yeah, that. No. I feel like that's you know. I don't. I just don't agree with that. It just sounds like shit. It just doesn't. If to me, it, it translates as no commitment. You know. So, um, and what's kind of remarkable to me is like the cigar industry in itself is big yet small. Like everybody kind of knows everybody. Right. And there are definitely a lot of people outside of the Nika Sueno family that are renowned and yada yada, fucking been in the industry for 30, 40 years or whatever. And they would be great interviews. But at the end of the day, I don't think that to me, they're not as significant as what what's going on in the Nika Sueno factory and, and, and the Romacraft guys. So, yeah, I would love to have the angry, opinionated it would be, Skip it would Martin be fun. You can wind on him the up show. Just turn him loose. What's amazing, too, is like I hear some of the other interviews, and I'm like, you guys just don't know what buttons to push. And like I fucking know. So well, that's because like, you have such a personal relationship with yeah, him. Yeah, so that would be... It would come off really well in the... Uh, yeah, I think it'd be pretty awesome. So, so yeah, I would. I might have to. I might be an interview. I have to drink beforehand. <laughs> he intimidates me just a little bit. Oh, that's awesome. That was, that's actually how it opened up the interview. Like, I just want you to know, right now, Michael is intimidating. Mike is a little intimidating, just so you know. Okay, now we're gonna do the questions. Ooh, ooh, the standard questions that everybody gets. Can't well, let you off the hook. You know what's really funny about the standard questions is I haven't really put a lot of thought into answering my own standard questions. So, oh, okay, this should be interesting. First question. What one person, living or dead, would you like to share a cigar with? Fuck. I mean, I would say, I think that, that the answer to that question would have to be uh, The Rock. Dwayne Johnson. Oh, really? Yeah. Does he smoke cigars? I don't know. I have no idea. Probably I mean, not. I've never seen him smoke. He's probably a really healthy guy. 
Probably doesn't smoke probably. at all. Probably. But like, too busy, um, too busy lifting weights and working out. Yeah, but you know, he was always kind of a guy that I idled growing up, right? And uh, he's. I've kind of watched so his. Did you run around doing the eyebrow and uh, totally fucking ask, people's ask, elbow? Asking your mom uh, what, what? It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, "Do you like pancakes?" No, it doesn't matter. But like, um, I mean, I did the whole. Th- I had a mural that I painted when I was younger on my wall and shit of the oh. Brahma bull busting through the wall and then shit, oh. like the whole shebang. So um, it's kind of been interesting to me to see how he's developed in his career and, and the re- direction that he's gone in life. Right. So, you know, yeah, Winston Churchill would be fascinating. And, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of more fucking, you know, there's there's a bunch of people out there that I think would, would be fascinating. But, uh, you know, there's a guy that I can connect with and, and see kind of the buildup as his career was would definitely be The, the Rock. Rock. You weren't, you weren't expecting that shit, were no, you? No, no. We've never, uh, that never discussed The Rock at that. all. No, I was like mm-hmm. Peaky Blinders or something. I was. Uh, that might come up later, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Best piece of advice anyone ever gave you? Best piece of advice someone ever gave me. So, I mean, I'm a big – I like the personal development shit and that, that people have uh, kind of – put out in books and you know um podcasts and stuff like that so as long as there's no commercials as long as there's no commercials yeah i mean i dig a lot of that stuff so i would podcast can you find without a commercial uh you know you want me to do a shameless plug sure do a shameless plug. i I listen to a a brian buffini he doesn't do commercials he does no pod he does no commercials not even his own books and tapes and no i mean i'm sure that he integrates that in conversation you know, but it's not. But there's no actual. That's not the priority. You know, the a word from our sponsor, or right. uh, you know, call one eight hundred Brian Buffini and yeah. get my tapes and books. Yeah, and none of that shit. I mean, like when his book drops, he'll talk about it or something of that sort, or but nothing, uh, nothing elaborate. Right. Um. What were you? What was the question? Uh, oh, best piece of advice. Best piece of advice. Yeah. So. <clears throat> There, Sorry, best piece of there, like a cigar in my mouth. there are two things that uh, I think always kind of stick with me, and I always uh, make my boys recite it as a positive affirmation in the morning and in the evening, and um, that's good, better, best. Never let it rest until my good is better and my better is best. And uh, I think that that is a great model to live by. And, you know, it's great that if you're doing something good, can you make it better? And, you know, as you're making it better, how can you make it your best? So I'm a, I'm a big believer in constantly refining and sharpening your tools and and becoming better in every avenue of life so that would be one the other one would be uh always leave it better than you found it you know oh that's also part of the mission statement for the shop that we just initiated as of today yeah so um at my first employee meeting yes you did you most certainly (laughs) did but it's you know it that's a simple thing to live by right you yeah. know um and not a lot of people do it you know you just fucking i mean i see it everywhere i go you know you're working out in the gym people leave weights and bullshit everywhere you know they go and clean up in in the, in the locker rooms and shit's everywhere just it takes two seconds to to leave it better than the way you found it right, right. if you're going to go and, and get into the cigar industry then you know it'd be one thing to just become a retailer and, and clock in sell a couple products and clock out or you could actually put in the effort to do everything that you possibly could to make this industry better than the way you found it 
Very nice. Mm-hmm. So deep. Yeah. And, and you have I'm a thing about The Rock. All these yeah. things I'm learning. Yeah. All right. What fictional character would you like to share a cigar with? I mean, there are others in that favorite cigar realm, right? Well, like, I mean, Tom Hardy is a fucking, he's a great actor. He's a big time cigar guy, right? So, like, I could have definitely said that guy without question, you know? I don't, I mean, I, I've seen his work and stuff, but I don't know anything about him personally. He doesn't seem like he would be as nice a, a guy personally as The Rock. Maybe it's just the characters he plays, though. I think Because I've never seen any interviews or anything that he's done. I don't think that anybody really likes the media. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I well, mean? but you could, you could but use you, it. Yeah. But, yeah. of course, I mean, The Rock could be the biggest asshole in the world, and he just knows how to work the media. Right. Very true. I mean, when Mr. Holt came in here from Southern Draw, he is the same Southern guy. Southern Draw. He's the same guy that you see on his little live shows as he was sitting in here, even without the microphones on. Right. I mean, you don't, you don't see that very often in any industry. Right. Okay, fictional character. What well, one fictional character like share a cigar with? Fictional character. Now, this one I have thought about. Um, that would have to be Bobby Axelrod <laughs> from Billions. From Billions, yes. I mean, that guy is... Uh, that character is pretty fucking amazing. And uh, if, if you haven't watched Billions on Showtime, I, I highly recommend it. The dialogue is fucking bar none. Um, I haven't seen any of the new season yet. It's pretty amazing. It's pretty. It's it's really good stuff. So, uh, and you know he's um, he's ruthless but honest, and um, I don't know. I think he would be a fantastic character, fictional character to smoke a cigar with. Would he give you the time though? I mean, on the show, he's a very busy man. I'd have to be important enough. You'd have to be important, that's right? All right. Now, how do people get hold of you? That's the last question. Your social media. I mean. We always put this up anyway. But. So, how do people get a hold of me? Your well, personal phone number. Well, uh, I could be. You could find me via Smoke Signal. Um, my Instagram name is at Cigar Hustler. Um, my my Facebook name is Mike Stepankevich. Is my last name. It's S Z C Z E P A N K I E W I C Z. That's S Z C Z E P A N. K-I-E-W-I-C-Z. I'm guessing the the Elysian flight was okay with the missing P. Did I get all taken care of? The, yeah, no, I fixed that. It took me 45 minutes, but I fixed that. <laughs> it was actually a pleasant flight, too. So, And uh, the wing didn't fall off, which there is nice. Well, at least have the one plane, so it always works. Yeah, yeah. You could also email me at mike at com. You could call the shop at 386-574-3556. And I may or may not be here. and uh, But, I, you know, hopefully I will be. And... Um, if you get really lucky, I'll give you my cell phone number, but I'm not going to put it on this podcast because I know that there's actually eight of you that listen. Maybe the people from Jordan will. Come. I'd say eight of you listen, and of the eight, seven of you probably have my number. So it was 64 last week. On 64. The, on the release day. Very nice. Yeah. So are we going to do that too? Are you going to do the the, the overall? Update? Yeah. Uh, no, I didn't bring any. I didn't. I didn't write all that down. I just looked it up today. But God we're, damn we're, it, Mike. we're at just under 4,000 uh, total downloads on uh, Podbean. That's really the only one that keeps track anymore. Oh, we're going to get on Deezer, too. That's a new one. Right. I just saw that the other day. Uh, we're not there yet. But we're on, like, Stitcher and Podbean and uh, all sorts of different stuff now. I mean, you, you talked about the introductory as to how I got in the cigar industry and what my opinion was of, of retail stuff. But you didn't talk about how I, what else we've developed into. The different businesses? Oh, I, yeah. Oh, well, if you'd like to talk about that, we can do that. What other businesses I, are you into? Postania. 
Well, Whole we talked set. about. Well, I figured when you're that would be your uh, your biggest joy in the industry would be starting your own brand. So I I thought you would mention that, and then you glazed over it. So I let it go. Mm, but we can't let that go. It's a major portion of our lives. Well, that is so, what I'm I'm smoking today. By the way, you are. Tanya, I don't remember which one I had. It was the Habano. I mean, if you're gonna do the interview, Mike, you got to go full fucking throttle here. Such a pain in the ass. Okay, uh, Mike. What is the name? Well, see, that would be plugging. You don't. You don't want to plug. No, it, it doesn't. Because not it's so part much. Of the interview. Yeah. Okay. Well, what, what is the brand cigar, Michael, that you and your brother have created? Well, let me back up there, Mike. Thank you for asking that great question. Oh, certainly. <laughs> so, um, as we were kind of progressing in in, in the cigar industry, uh, we were doing a great job of promoting products. Uh, Instagram was fairly new, and and um, you know we started to source consumers from there and uh, establish relationships and we started to go do very well with um, a lot of mainstream products as we started to progress with that um, certain people other retailers took notice of that and to make a long story short had a problem with it so we started promoting doing so well promoting products? doing well with products so we started to see a suppression of sorts as far as availability of particular products so wait wait back up just a little bit here yeah other retailers were getting mad at your success in uh, promoting yeah products? yeah yeah that happens but wouldn't that do some type of crossover for them where i mean if a guy in let's say california sees that you're promoting uh you know uh, las calaveras and he can't get here wouldn't he go to his shop and go, hey, I hold up his phone. I just saw this cigar hustler guy smoking this. Can I get this here? All I could tell you is that perspectives of people in this industry varies significantly, right? right? And some retailers feel that you should only be buying cigars from them, period. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. And if they have an opportunity to slow down their competition, they will. And we experienced that. We experienced... Retailers. So they, they putting the squeeze on the manufacturers? Yes. Uh, yeah, and they succeeded. So, so it would have to be somebody who would have either a bigger shop or more shops than you, I'm guessing. Maybe, maybe not. We don't have to go into specifics of naming names. I don't think that that's appropriate, to be honest. I don't want to put anybody on blast. Because I'm a big believer in um, trying to understand the other person's perspective. And whether I agree with it or not... Um, it is what it is, right? So, but if, if I'm a manufacturer and I'm making you know X Y Z cigar, and you're promoting it through your Instagram or your social media outlets, and you're doing well with it, so you're ordering more, and some guy who's got a, a shop in Podunkville, USA, goes, "Hey, I'm not going to buy my one box a month if uh, you keep selling so much to the cigar hustler guy wherever he is." And the manufacturer would cut you back? Well, it's obvious that whoever, the people who do have those issues obviously have some form of clout, whether it be buying volume or just established. Well, that's what I was asking before. Or it to be larger. Could be just or, established relationships, right? doesn't necessarily have to be. It would have to be. I, I mean, I don't, we're not going to name names. Uh, you just. But it, you're trying like, really I, hard. I'm so trying. I'm so trying. See, like. They this would is, have to have the same rep, at least. Not necessarily. So like a guy a rep would have wouldn't have it. a rep doesn't have the say in suppression no but he could uh, he could not come by as often or he could not offer I could you call in my order yes which is actually what I prefer to do 
But that's a, that's another advice from it's the hustler as far make, as the time suck is concerned. It doesn't make sense as that's a manufacturer. Fine. I mean, hey, it's their mm. perspectives. All right. Okay. It is what it is. Sorry, so on with your story. Um, we had, at that point, Romacraft was fairly new in the industry. We uh, loved the product. And um, we went down to see Skip at uh, the Nika Sueño factory and said, hey, we want to make a cigar. And he said, okay. So just like that. We were, you know, he put all the leaves out and we started putting shit together and fucking up cigars. And he told us where we were going wrong and he helped correct us. And um, we said, these are great. Now, my brother had blended the broadleaf and I had blended the Habano. That wasn't your first trip. No. No, no. At that point, we were, we've gone a few times and we were comfortable with kind of just going out on our own. So, um, when we had gotten to Skip's, to Nika Sueño's uh, Skip and Esteban's factory, uh, we decided um, we, they weren't at capacity. Like, now they're at capacity as far right. as making cigars, and they need to expand if, if they do decide to expand. So we were at right place, right time. We had an opportunity, want to create cigars. I created the Habano. My brother created the Broadleaf. I told them the Habano was better. He told me the Broadleaf was better. So we brought home some, and we did like a hundred sampler packs, and we let people vote as to which one was better. And uh, the Habano had one, but the margin was very, very small. So we decided to produce both. So first we released the Habano, then we released the Broadleaf. As we were kind of going down this path, um, some of our friends that were retailers wanted to carry the product, so we gave them the product as well, and that turned into more people wanting the product. So we decided to open up. Wholesale distribution for Postania. Um, shortly thereafter, Matul Shah over in uh, in Scarsdale, New York, of um, Mom Cigar Warehouse, mm-hmm. was producing a cigar in Nika Sueño as well called Fable, which is also a product that we now handle distribution for. As he was taking orders at the show, he's like, "You know what? I want you guys to handle all this." And so we already had everything in place. I remember when his cigar showed up here the first time, a little Ziploc bag with uh, with one of each of his Vitolas in it. Yeah? Yeah. I don't remember anything. Okay. I don't. I just don't. No, no, I do. I don't know why that, that sticks out. I don't know why. Because so. they showed up, they sat around for a while, and, uh, you know, I know where everything is, so I was like, well, these have been sitting here for a while. Maybe we should ask somebody what they were. Hey, what's this? What is this? Where should I move this? So, yeah. So, you know, we started uh, handling distribution for that. And, um... A year later, Esteban Dislo, the partner in the factory uh, with Skip at Nika Sueño, wanted to release his own product called the Guaymaro. And it's a San Andreas box press, a super good cigar. And it's smaller production. So Skip and Michael felt that it was appropriate that we handle the distribution because the numbers are so small. Um, instead of handing it to Romacraft and just pissing a bunch of retailers off who wouldn't be able to get the product. And then also along the lines, my butter, my butter, your butter, my buddy, Victor, uh, who was a customer of Cigar Hustler at the time, sent me some product called Shogui. Oh, was he saying you met him? He used to buy cigars from you? Yeah. Oh, I, I didn't know that. So, I like Victor. Victor's very nice. Yeah. So what he had given me was like the first run Corona Shogui, and I didn't realize that it wasn't going to be produced again, so I handed a couple of them out, and I really wish I didn't because that cigar was fucking amazing. And um, I asked him, "When is it going to come to the states?" And he's like, "I need to find a distributor." And 
I told him, dude, I'll handle it for you. I'll be your distributor. So we uh, parlayed that into handling distro for him. <clears throat> and then that brings us to our dear friend, Mr. Matthew Hunt. I texted him the other day. He still has yet to answer. Of FQ Cigars. FQ Cigars. And uh, Matt's an awesome guy. Really outgoing. Very outspoken. Um, you can stick him in any room, and he can handle himself pretty well. Yeah, that's you true. Know? He can. Um, and he makes some really good stuff out of the Noxa factory, especially the FQ proper, which was his newest release last year or the beginning of this year. So it's an Ecuadorian Habano Oscuro. 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 And um, super good stick. I told him, hey, let me handle distribution for you. And he was like, no, I don't know. So then he kind of disappeared for a while. Then he came back and said, hey, I want you to handle distribution for me. I was like, I don't know now. I wanted to break his balls well, a little bit. Originally, it was almost two years. He came out with that. I did a pre-release event somewhere I went to. He did it here. We did the proper release party. No, that was uh, recent. The, re- the the very, very first one. Maybe he just gave me one one night somewhere. Yeah. That's what it was. So, yeah, well, I mean, we did an FQ pro- proper release party yes, here. We, we were calling Pre-release it the, party. Uh, what was the other name we were calling it before? The Dapper. The Dapper. It's yeah. right, the FQ Dapper. So, yeah, so... Um, then we started handling his his uh, representing him as far as distribution of products and stuff. And um, is he still making his uh, his original one two threes? Also, yep. Is he? Yeah. Well, well not, not the, the two, 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 just the, the two. one and the threes. You know what? And as far because the two was my favorite. Really? Yeah. And he's releasing the Churchills, I think, at this show. Oh, is he really? Mm-hmm. Are you releasing anything at the show? You want to give a little uh, little preview? Sure. Yeah. I mean, SBC eighteen is something that we're going to be releasing at the show. So um, we've created a limited edition back in 2016 called Surrounded by Champions and uh, we're big believers in acknowledging the people around us that made uh, made us possible in the cigar industry so um, Surrounded by Champions is, is an acknowledgement to, to those individuals you know the, the rollers in the factory um, Skip Mike Esteban um, you know Sancho the band guy Freddie the box guy like all of that's possible. We're possible because of all them. So it's important to us to acknowledge every single person that makes our brand possible. So nice. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, we make 250 boxes of the SBC 16. It came out in 2017, but whatever. And uh, now we're releasing the, the SBC 18. Hopefully will come out this year, and it's going to be a San Andreas. Do you have some for the show this year? Um, well, they're made. I don't know if Skip brought some up or not. We'll see. Um, if he didn't, it's not. It's not the end of the world, obviously. But right, I know the people who bought the last ones will certainly buy the next ones. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think you did sell all of them, if I'm not mistaken. Well, what's kind of crazy too is like as they, I see them start to disappear more and more off the shelves, they become in more and more demand, which is <laughs> remarkable. Just in time for the 18th. Yeah, but it's a different cigar. So. Correct. Yeah. It's a true limited edition. True limited. True limited. Two hundred and fifty boxes. 5,000 sticks. That's it. And, um... So that's, uh, what, there's, uh, five now that you hold so. Yeah. Shogui. Shogui. FQ. FQ. And then your three Sueños. Postanya, Fable, and Guaymarel. We've had other people ask us in the past to handle representation for them, but I just didn't feel like I would be doing the other brands justice. Like, the other brands all offer something unique and different. Right. Um, even the ones that are all made out of the Nika Sueño factory, they are entirely different. Correct, yeah. And um, 
the other two guys, obviously Shogui's Dominican and FQ's made out of Noxa. So the cigars are all totally different. And I don't want anything to be similar to those cigars. And I don't want to promote and build anything else unless I've established a really good relationship with somebody. And I have good relationships with everybody that we represent. Is there somebody that you're looking to represent? Maybe um, no. go to them at the show? Nobody. Nobody. I'm good where I'm at, man. Got enough people. So then you have the shop, you have the website, you have your wholesale business. Mm-hmm. Is that it? And then soft porn. Oh. You know, just the occasional fluff boy. Oh. No, come on, man. That's it. I think that that's kind of enough, you know, that keeps me busy. Well, you have your T-shirts. Yeah, but we do, like, that's all small stuff. Yeah. Well, everything small grows big. Yeah, if you put if you try, time and effort it's, into it's, it. It's more a convenience business. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else that I didn't ask questions about that you want to tell people about? I feel like that's it. You think so? I think so. Well, I th- we are just under an hour. Perfect. Well, I needed to, to fall into that category, that category of hour people. If I even if I go to listen to a new show and it's more than an hour, I don't. I don't. I, I can't. Say, I can't that. commit to the. You know, even with my loose schedule, I can't commit to more than an hour at a time. Well, thank you, Michael. Appreciate you coming. Well, thank uh, you, Michael. Appreciate you coming in and uh, sitting down with me and uh, giving out your story. Thank you so much for having me. And what you do here is amazing. But <laughs> <laughs> well, you should compliment your wife. She didn't get a compliment at the meeting. Oh, that's true. Except that she has nice hair. She does. Look, it's nice hair. She always smells good, too. You're too close to my wife. Don't you ever smell my wife again. (laughs) It's very tight quarters in some areas of the store. (laughs) All right. Well, that's it then, everybody. Uh, Thank you very much. Uh, This was the missing episode 25. Yes. I guess we did 26. Oh, the, the contest. Oh yeah 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 yeah. yeah. We should we uh, the Facebook page connection just didn't work. Let me tell you something. It's happening. You we're going to stick with we're sticking with it. With we're going to stick with it. All right. We're so, sticking with the Facebook page. All right. So what hashtag should we use? And if Adam Acre wins again, fucking Maybe, God yeah, love him. God love me wins again then. So let's do like a $25 gift certificate. Ooh. And um, I think that it should uh, we're going to what like a particular hashtag or something? Wait, that's what they had to do last time. They had to go on to our Facebook page, the Cigar Hustlers podcast, and they had to uh, hashtag Lapalina, I smoke Lapalina. Right. Or so this one's going to be hashtag slapdick. S L A P D I C K. You want to make it D Y C K just so it's harder? No. Okay. D I C K. So hashtag slapdick. Okay. So Adam, if you could write this down. Adam, Adam Acre. <laughs> hashtag. Uh, if you have no competition moving forward, then it is what it is. You're going to get a bunch be, of cool swag and all types of other be shit. The hustler swag king. Exactly. And then if we have a second one, we'll put it, we'll plug in numbers one through two into random.org. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll see who wins. Two. All right. Thank you very much. That's it. Bye. That's it, folks. Show's over. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, you can leave them on our Facebook page at Cigar Hustlers Podcast. You can follow the show on Instagram at Cigar Hustlers Podcast. You can follow Mikey at Cigar Hustler. And you can follow myself at Florida Cigar Club underscore Mike on Instagram. Make sure to rate, comment, and subscribe on whatever provider you listen to the show at. Thanks for listening.